Okay, Baruch Hashem, another week, another year, <coughs> another year of Hitchachut with receiving the Torah. The sponsors for the month of Sivan, Dalia Orlev, and by Miriam Yossi Sassen and Ira Brown. This week, the sponsors are for the whole week by Chana Sara in memory of Reb David Olav Hashem, Esther and Shalom Parnas, with gratitude to Hashem for the Parnas family's birthday this week. And that also today, specifically, Sunday, is memory of Yoni's mother, Yoni Berg's mother, uh, Sarah Esther Batshmul Zanvil, Hashem Yikom Dama. And also uh, sponsored by, I think it's the weekly sponsor, I just got the message a second before I got in here, by uh, Josh Goncher in honor of him and Eva's 20th wedding anniversary. So, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. All right. It's all Hashgacha, how we ended with how we ended last week, if you can open up on page Nun Vav. This is, very, this is like really, really special. Listen, even if you're not going to buy the Sefer, whoever, everyone has to look inside today. There's no way you could follow this year without it. Unless you just can't read any Hebrew. But this is, this is very, very important stuff. So, why is it such Ashgacha? So it's a, it's a tough question. Today's the day after Chag HaShavuot. We're back in Eretz Yisrael, and we have Chag HaShavuot. What was it like experiencing the day after Chag HaShavuot back in the time that we did Aliyah L'Regel? What was that like? What was that like, the, moment, the, the, the moments after coming up here and experiencing what we did during, during the Shalosh Regalim? What was it like the days after? What was it like? So we can, we have, we, we, we barely have, we can barely fathom it. It is, it is so beyond this world. <clears throat> One of the things we spoke about on Shabbos is that, or on Chag, I don't remember exactly, it was Shabbos or Chag, was that every person that came up to do Aliyah Regal was shown, I mean, he saw, he or she, they experienced amazing and incredible things. One of the things that they experienced was that they were given access to the opening of the Heichal, and they saw with their own eyes one of the great miracles that happened with the lechem hapanim, with the face bread. What was the miracle that happened with the face bread? Is that it showed you, they placed it on an Erev Shabbos, and it stayed as fresh as it did till the following Erev Shabbos. It was one of the great miracles that took place in the Migdash, that the bread stayed fresh. So one of the Torahs we were learning over, over Shavuos was that we have to believe also in ourselves that as, much, as, well, as long as we're kashur, we're connected to what the mikdash represents, what the temple represents, and what the world is striving towards, hopefully, we don't get stale. And we, when we, and we stay fresh. Which is such a nisayon. It's such a, it's such a big test to look in the mirror. And even if we see a hey, like a little wrinkle, <clears throat> we just know it's on the outside. And the inside's a bichlal omer klum. Nothing. It is all... We are staying fresh with where we're at right now. Confession time. This may sound a little weird. I've said, said these things here before. There was an actress when I was growing up. Her name was Justine Bateman. Anyone remember? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's actually doing something very, very interesting in the world right now, where she's ripping into Hollywood, mamish ripping into Hollywood, regarding the obsession of anti-aging, mm-hmm. where she is not doing any... Uh, Avoid this kodesh on her face, you know. You know what that means. I'm being cynical, obviously. Like she's actually just letting herself. <laughs> the, the way Hashem decided that you know <laughs> people live, and 
it's a whole chiddush in her world because that not that's that's not the Torah of today at all whatsoever, right? This Indian of staying fresh, of feeling fresh, of feeling new, was something we have to understand that was happening constantly when, with the existence of Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael with the Beit HaMikdash. One of the things that people felt after leaving Yerushalayim, after Shavuot, was they felt, they were reminded of how new they really are, how fresh they really are. The orot, the lights that were taking place in the care of Am Yisrael, following living in the Beit Hamikdash, following specifically Aliyah Regel, was a tremendous simcha. You remember the the town Motza? You know the town Motza. We said this once. Motza, the Gemara says, is a place where people would, would one of the pit stops on the way to Beit Hamikdash and on the way coming back down from Beit Hamikdash, right from Yerushalayim. Crazy now we just oh Mozart yeah when you're going up the one is on the right side it's an amazing thing this is a place that people used to stop people used to say that was Mozart it's called Mozart because it was lost and found anyone that lost objects on the way up or on the way down they placed it there in Mozart like Limzo and that's where they kept that's where they would find everything and in Hasidus they say that's really the place where people felt like they were lost they people they had some holy tzaddikim sitting there and they would find them they would feel found in Mozart. That's so why you actually have big neshamas. They live in Mozart today. A lot of out there neshamas actually live. They're drawn to that place that provided a safe place of finding each other and giving each other back things. There was harmony in the Am. But there was definitely a, 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 and the notion of we are made of something unbelievable and we understood it a little bit better after each Chag, after each one of the Regalim. Today, it's Sunday, after a two-day Shabbos and Yantav. Mazel tov, everybody. How does everyone feel? <laughs> we're working so hard. We're working, we're working so hard to feel good about the t- little bit of Yiddishkeit that we're actually connected to. It's, like a, it's, a, it's such a nachmanistic thing, you know? We're working so hard to hold on. So hard. And we have to constantly remind ourselves, no, this is... It's, it's, this is good. It's leading to a greater place. It's good, it's good. But really, in the, you know, the amount of work we're putting in trying to hold on to something that we know deep down and in some kind of sub-sub-subconsciousness happened, we're working so hard on holding on to it. And this book is coming here to tell us that it doesn't have to be like this. In fact, it won't be like this. It's just a question of time. I had the great and awesome, awesome privilege of spending time with him last week for just a few seconds with Rav Sasson. I think I got another six books in those few seconds when I was hanging out with him. They, they're putting it, they're, they're, this is it. I mean, when Shavuos night, we, we learned one, one paragraph of Rav Cook based on his in, interpretation. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to sound too, uh, uh, like a demagogue, but, um, Anything that I'm seeing that's coming out of his Beit Midrash is, I feel, is talking to the language of our door. And since the moment we started learning this Sefer, the Yetzir Hara has pulled me to this, almost decide 30 times a week we're moving to a different Sefer. Because there's so much coming out every day. Every two weeks there's, there's something new. They put out a special, beautiful book for Shavuot. It just happened to be that if you showed up at this event last week, you had a book on Shavuot. You had a new book on Shavuot. Then someone gave me a new book that week that, that came out last week also about what does it mean that we're Goyachad Ba'aretz, we're one people on the net, in the land. It's not, 
it's it's pulling us to a place of real deep and 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 essential consciousness of everything that we're in right now. But it's important to realize also what we don't have yet and to understand how we got there and how we're getting out of there as well. And what's amazing is that last time we learned, we stopped right at the place that describes what a Jew felt like when he would leave the Shalosh Regalim, when he would leave Yerushalayim after one of the Shalosh Regalim. So if you look at this uh, in Daf Nun Vav on the right, uh, on the bottom, the second to bottom paragraph, the last thing he told us was that in Galut we're like little kids where we were distanced from these big madregot kodesh elyonot. We don't have such shaykhahs to like experiencing such holiness and exaltedness. And Galut is that my concept of what it means to really be uh, uh, successful is a very different concept than what it meant to be successful when I knew what real success was all about. Like I once heard Reb Shlomo say, I don't know how big it is on campuses anymore, but back in the day, if Hillel had an overflowing crowd of 11 on a Sunday morning for a minion, they, would, they thought they, they scored you know, everything. While on these campuses, you have 50, 60, 70,000 yidin that are there that are finding light in everything but a Hillel uh, you know, union or whatever. What makes us happy? Like, what do we feel is a hatzlacha? So in Galut, what Galut did to us for all these thousands of years is that our interpretation of what success meant became much smaller, much lower in contact and in value. Because we had to, there was no, we had to be besimcha over, over the tiniest, tiniest simcha, the tiniest hatzlacha. Now there's still a value to that of appreciating every shlav, every tiny bit of light, but that's not why we come back to Eretz Yisrael. We don't come back to Eretz Yisrael to appreciate the small, small, small things in light of what could be, because as we've seen, we've become very complacent in temporary hatzlachas and in places of spiritual success and growth that are really nothing, lumat what we could be and where we should be heading towards. So look at this. This is what the mi'ut, meaning this contraction, this smallness that, that we became over thousands of years of galut. It took down our lives to the lowest rovid. I keep on forgetting how to say that word in English. Layer, sorry, layer, layer, layer. Layer, rovid is layer. Rovid is layer. Okay. Libchinat, it brought us down to the level of avodat avadim. What is avodat avadim? I have the work of an avid. This is what I do. Even if it's holy things, but I'm doing it like an avid. Hametzaitim la'adonam, that I listen to my. My commander. And in this case, I'm listening to Hashem. Hashem said, wash Negevas in the morning. I wash Negevas in the morning. Hashem said to, to, to a, a boy, put on tzitzit every morning, put on tzitzit. And that's kilo my success. Some would say, are you kidding me? That's the holiest thing in the world. It's like, that's the holiest thing in the world when that's all you got. But when you got so much more, that's just the basis for so much more. This is what it means when we say the pnimius of Torah was nistalek bagalut, the inner dimensions of Torah, where, where they vanished in galut. All that was left in an exile, reality and mentality was basically just keeping mitzvahs listening to make sure I do it as best as I can halachically, 
like faithful servants. But what don't you necessarily need for that? We didn't really have to understand what the mitzvahs are all about in order to keep them. I'm going to say that, that statement again. Exile mentality doesn't demand of you to be connected and to understand the deeper meaning of the mitzvahs that you are already keeping. It's, in exile, there's no time to breathe. I just got to make sure I bench licht on time. Shabbos, boom, 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 zel. But it doesn't demand of me, it doesn't push me to understand deeper why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing what I'm doing? So there was no luxury to think like that. And also, it wasn't accessible. That's not what we had access to back in the day. All we had access to, like the Gemara says, that all I had was the Dalet Amot, all I had was the confines of the Halacha, and that's all I, that's all I had in order to stay alive. And in Galut, that's all that was expected of me. The sad thing is when I schlepped that into Eretz Yisrael. When I schlepped that mindset into Eretz Yisrael, it's very sad. It's very painful. That doesn't fit. That's why so many people have a hard time just holding on to that. Right. Rightfully so. Notanu bli Without the, the, the wealth of a life of, with, with a Mikdash, now these are the words that we're getting to. I love these three words. Metek comes from the word matok. Without the sweetness of the love of beloveds. That's what we were left without in Galut. Zotomerit. Keeping mitzvahs, listening to Hashem, living a life of Torah in its ideal state is that I could feel the love, the sweetness of the love between me and Hashem when I do what Hashem asks me to do. Therefore, I said right now, okay, it was after Shavuos, after Shabbos, we said two days of essentially what could be a two-day, I'm using very terminology just to bring it down to our plea, it's, it's, it's two days of being in, uh, having the most romantic two days out in some desert, whatever your ideal place of, of, of uh, like a romantic getaway. That's, that's really what is, that's what's there. That's, what's, that's what is supposed to be the point of coming back to Eretz Yisrael, of keeping Torah mitzvot back here. In Galut, romance, what are you talking about? <laughs> Gotta make sure that the that the that the poets, the Cossack is not, you know, is not smiting me in a say. I don't have time to think like that. And I don't have access to that. Why? Because you know, where am I? I'm not, I'm I'm in Babylon. I'm in Africa. I'm 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 in America. I'm in Australia. I'm not here. It's not where it's supposed to be, you know, the place where these things naturally are embedded in the nature of the of the of the land itself. So he says here. What we were left with was bli osher chayei mikdash, bli nevuah, ubli metek ahavat dodim, without the sweetness of the love of beloveds. Shehofiu b'miluam ba'aliyat Yisrael b'shloshet regalim, which appeared in its full state, the love, the love, the passion, appeared in its full state. When Am Yisrael would come up, at least he's saying, those three times a year were moments where it was really on. Liot goy mamash, to be one in nation, literally. 
ובתוכם הופיע נשמתם. And in, in us, you know, what, you know what really appeared? It was our neshamas that were really leading the way. They were running the show. My neshama appeared. My soul was much more the one that was in the front as opposed to all the other bilbulim of this world. The beloved spouse, the holy shechina, all of Am Yisrael elevated to the sweetness of the clinging of beloveds to each other, which took place in the house of Hashem. Do you know what the command in Israel did the day after we conquered Har Habayit, the place where all this happened? Do you, does anyone know what happened? What was, what, what was the Lashon that was used? What was the language that was used? Mm, I, it's, it's still Be'adeinu, meaning, not really, but meaning, it is Be'adeinu, if we wanted to. What, well, the Lashon was, and I was thinking about this a lot during Musaf and Shalash Regalim, we don't need another, we don't need to deal with this Vatican here. That was the language by, I don't want to mention names because it just depresses me. So we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to deal with this Vatican, right? Because so then, and not just that, then you have parties in the ultra-Orthodox uh, that say, thank God he did that because, you know, we would all be going over in Isra Karet if, if the access to Harabite was just what it was. And, and all these, see, everyone's ki'ilu, everyone's mechaven to a good place, hopefully, I think, but that's just the reality of galut, of a galut mind for so many years of understanding, wait a second, before we make any decisions here about anything, let's just remember what this place was all about. Let's just remember what it was all about. This place was all about, like we've been singing, everlasting love. That's what the whole thing is. That's what this whole place was about. And in its pinimiyut, that's what this whole place is all about. The place where heaven and earth meet, where they kiss, where it's a yichud, where it's, where it's metek ahavat dodim, the sweetness of beloved, of, 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 of lovers loving each other in, 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 in that place of like, nothing else matters, a kol everything's okay. That's what this place brought out in an exile mind. It's hard to believe that a place like that even exists because an exile mind is always saying, watch your back, watch your back. Rightfully so. We, we, that's what we had. And now it's been like these 75 years, or more specifically, really, 56 years, of us, uh, of almost like, when you learn this stuff, Hashem is saying to you, you're going to get it back again in a way where no enemy who's just a pawn is going to pose any threat to you. Then what, what, what is it going to be like to you? Are you going to make Harabite into a museum? Or are you going to make Harabite what it's really was supposed to be from the moment that David HaMelech, way before the moment David HaMelech found it, the moment that God created the world. Is it about this? I think about this a lot when we try to uh, give passion into our children with Yiddishkeit, like, as much as we try so hard. And every parent has to cry at night and say, Rebbe Manashleim, you see how hard we're trying? You could, you, could, you could do it like this. Like, we're trying so hard to make sure that they care about Torah and mitzvahs as they grow up. We, we're trying so hard and doing so many different tactics and, and working hard and 
we always feel guilty we're not working hard enough, but Hashem Barach, you know, you can make it so much easier, <laughs> so much clearer, so much sweeter, metek, metek. So, bottom paragraph, ha'itma'atut ha'atzuma ba'galut, so the smallness that came upon us in galut, hirchika otanu mikol ha'musagim ha'elyonim shel avodat Hashem. It distances us from all the exalted concepts of being an Eved of Hashem, ve'otira rak et ha'rovet layer ha'psisi. It only kept us with the most basic layer, which is what's the most basic layer of avodat Hashem? Huh? Halacha. It kept us, we remained only with the most basic layer, keeping halacha. Which that kept us alive in Galut. In its merit, we were able to survive this incredible smallness that took place to us thousands of years. Till the time came and Hashem said, All right, it's time for you guys to start coming home. Now you need something else. Not else, Khalila, more. More. Now you need inner layers, more layers, not not else. We, 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 just, we discussed that two weeks ago. You need you need more, and this is where like this like so. What is that more? You know what is that more all about? What is the more that he's speaking about over here? And that is the Torah that we're we're, we're trying to connect ourselves to here. Is the pnimiut of the Torah, the inner dimensions of the Torah, understanding the inner meanings of keeping Torah and the mitzvahs that we're doing. And this is why a lot of the stuff that we say in here sounds very repetitive. It's because to get, to get things drilled into the inner layers of our Yadut, it takes Chazara over and over and over again. To tell you what to do takes Chazara, meaning to keep Alacha takes Chazara. How much more so would in the inner layers of the Torah, you know, the inner Revadim, the inner layers, demand so much more, more and more and more. So on the next page, Nun Zayin on the top. One second. Okay. I'm going to read through this paragraph and I'm going to explain it outside. Navin, but I want you to see it inside. Navin shayitrachkut shelano mikola musagim ha'elyonim ba'a liyedei bitui mimeila bekach she'en lano shayachut li'itorer elemu levakshan. Why are we distanced from such exalted levels of living? Because we don't feel that we could even ask for it. We don't feel shayach that it's for us. Like what? A five-year-old boy is not asking to get married. And that's what, we, that's, that's what it was like living in, a, in Galut in, in light of like these, these high levels of living. If a five-year-old asks to get married, They'll say, oh, you're so cute, you're being so cute. That's like what it was for a yid to demand to be connected to the inner dimensions of Torah while they're in the galut. It's like Hashem saying, oh, you're so zis, you're so cute, right? Now, it's a different story though, right? To really, when you really ask this stuff for real, it's not a technical thing of, oh, this is the next on the, on the curriculum. It's coming from a much deeper place. Because 
והקדוש ברוך הוא מצידו לא ישפיע אותן עלינו. This being so far from speaking about love, asking for love, asking for דבקות, asking for things like נבואה, מקדש, מלכות, שכינה, and all these things, what did it essentially cause? He says, it caused all these מדרגות to be גנוז, to be hidden away up there in the upper realms. And Hashem, from his, from his, Hashem himself is not even bringing it down on us. הן מכלל, מן הצד הכלל היסודי, שההתעוררות שלנו היא השורש להשפעה מלמעלה, והן מצד שאין שייכות להשפיע עלינו זאת, אם אין אנו בשלים לקבל שפע זה. And this is what I wanted to talk about a little bit. The reason why we're not experiencing the levels that he's speaking right now, is two, it's one of two things. It could either be because what comes down from Shamaim is generally our klalas can only really start from what we're asking for down here. And if we're not asking for it down here, it's not really going to come down from Shamaim. Or the other thing he says, if we're not ready to receive, even if we're asking for it, but we're not ready to receive it, so things don't come down from Shamaim. Now, I'm just going to try to, I want us to speak about this for a second in our, in our terminology. What do you think he's speaking about over here? You know, sometimes, like, I, I, we hear this language so much, God, what God wants to give you, but you just, you're, you're, you're compromising for being okay with being a, 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 a schlepper, right? We have this language a lot. What do you think the reason today is that we're, that we're not experiencing, we're not seeing prophecy and Migdash and Malchut, and it seems that spiritually the people of Eretz Yisrael, Am Yisrael, seems to be so stuck in a certain place. Is it because we're not really asking for it? Or is it because that even if we were asking for it, it wouldn't come down because we're not ready for it? Yes. Both. Do you mean what to ask for? So what would that, is that one or two? Is that one or two what you're saying, Tom? Not ready. Not ready. Not ready. Okay. What else? Yeah. There's also disappointment there. In other words, if we really try to end come at this time and at this time and at this time, there's a kind of a why bother, and if we do, we always have this suffering. Okay, so there's a disappointment, I hear. What do you think? What else do you think is going on? Is it okay to say that we're just really not asking for the utmost because Galut is still really a big chunk of the way that we're thinking? So we don't even know what we're asking for, right? So, so the answer that he gave is that it's, like you said, it's both. It's a combination of both. The Shaila is, is any, does anyone here want to know what to ask for? We do, but I think we're also afraid to ask for it. Why? Because of the future, right? Or the, the expectation that once we ask for it, we have to fulfill it. Why don't you have any problems with that with halacha? Because it's, I think it's totally complete ego, because you have to completely let go and just totally trust. And, and you don't have to mevatel your ego to keep halacha? No, you do, but this is like, we're trained in that. You have to really spiritually and live the truth. Ah, so I don't necessarily have to feel the truth or live the truth in order to keep halacha. All right? I just have to become someone, like he said before, that makes sure that he follows the commander's commands. Right? 
That's not really demanding of me when it comes to my soul, correct? So the, what, what's, what, what demand was there from Mitzadar's souls for 2,000 years of Galut? Survival. Survival. Just survival. Like we said a few weeks ago in Ashir, when the Jew was screaming Ani Mamin, in the, in the camps, Rahman al-Islam, they weren't really thinking about Mashiach, they were thinking about, I just want to get out of here. Today, when I sing Ani Mamin Munashlema Vyasa Mashiach, the demand on my kavana behind those words is like infinitely more bigger. Because Kiviachol, I'm not just surviving to a certain extent. There is a level of thriving here going on. And yet that's completely, that's not even close, close, close to what the purpose of coming back there to Israel was all about. We did not come back here to, to survive or even to partially thrive. The reason why we came back over here is to fulfill thousands of years of prophecy and to live them. So what do you think is needed in order to be on the level to demand such light? What do you think is, is needed? You have to be open to see. What's that? It's like you need to be like Yosef, you need to become dreamers. Mm-hmm. You need to be a little bit more... You're a Hanan Ben-Ari fan. Right? Yeah. No, I'm saying he has yeah. this... Yeah. He has this, this song that's like became very big. It's I, I'm... Like you're saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue... I have to dream like Joseph. I have mm-hmm. to, no matter what I'm thrown into. Mm-hmm. My avoda is to be, is to be a dreamer. Mm-hmm. That's why I say. I don't know if you like his music. I'm just... Now I'm saying... Yeah, I'm in the... Yeah. Okay, let's see. Back in the day, we all, yeah. you don't feel well, you go to a doctor, he gives you a pill. Right. Maybe he does a test, gives you a pill, you go home, you get better. But today, you got something wrong with you. There's like a whole myriad of people who are taking care of your neshama, and that takes care of the group. What's the name, Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand the end of what you said. The end is you can get better without the pill because you're going to somebody else taking care of your neshama because the neshama is in charge. You're not just a doctor giving you a pill for a physical ailment over here. Uh-huh. It's your neshama that's taking care of this and the whole rest of So if you go and you, and you address the soul, which is the root of your real existence, you're solving really work on the gu'ula, on the Beit Mikdash, I, I think it would like heal all the graze and, and solve all these other little things along the way. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, I ain't for yeah, sure. There, I think but how does that, at, but, but, but the question is, how do I become someone that's asking for those true thoughts, for that, that kind of pill, for that kind of, uh, for that kind of healing, I, I, right? I, think it's in the, I hope it's in the air, I think it's we're in, in Israel. Yeah. We want it lower than the air. We want to bring it down. Right. We we want it. We're open to seeing what's happening around us and seeing these little teeny sparkles that are in front of us, <coughs> and that you know it's like follow the crumbs of bread. There's right. sparkles there. Are we recognizing that Hashem is calling out to us and and inviting us. But are we open enough to see it to then keep taking those next steps to take on a confidence to then say, okay, I want more and what's the next? So that, that's that's the question: is taking is taking notice of all the all the little 
beautiful gems that pump down, does that make me more complacent or does it push me to ask for more? That's a, that, that's, the, that's a very important distinction between the two because personally, for years, the language that they always used for us was, listen, you can't, you know, historical context, you'll see things are happening faster than ever, you just can't see it. But really, everything is kim'a, kim'a, like the Gemara says. The Geula is like kim'a, kim'a. So what it did to a large portion of people is that, listen, it's okay to not ask for more because be, be thankful for what you have. Your grandparents were in gas chambers. Be thankful for what you have. What are you talking about Migdash now? Right? Be thankful for what you have. Own it. And when the time comes, Hashem will bring down more. That's one, that's one thing that personally for me was always very irritating the other is the ability to really ask for and it's the contrary it's the other side of this the ability to really ask for more is if I first understand the privilege that I have right now right so it's both we talked about last week or the week before where we so many of us so many people were so gung ho and everything especially the thing is not just to see it and to do it, but to keep it, right? I think people, a lot of times what's been happening is we're getting those little sparks, you kind of do it for a little bit, right. and then it just goes to the wayside, it becomes remote, uh, rote, and then you lose that need again. So this stale. is my question. How do you not keep it still? And one of the things that it may be I want to discuss is by asking for more, it could be that, you're not, that that's what actually keeps <laughs> the moment fresh. As opposed to, you know, in, in today, in, in, in other languages, in other examples, like you're asking for more, it shows you're ungrateful for what you have. Rachon, but I think that when it comes to what we're dealing with over here, it's actually the hafuch. When it comes to a parent, they give you something, and you say, thank you, I want this also, that sounds, that sounds right. But I saw this throughout the Sfarim, that when it comes to Hashem, it's the opposite. Hashem actually asked, wants you to ask Him for more. When something good happens to your child, so, and, and, and they're healed, I don't know what, it's anything. So the way that a Basar Vadam relationship would be is like, oh, thank you so much, I'm going to dwell in the moment of this gratitude forever. And if this is all you gave me, Dayenu. Um, but it's so funny because Dayenu is a great example because we say Dayenu, even though it's, a, it's such a, we're, we're, we're contradicting ourselves because every Dayenu we say in the Haggadah goes on to the next one. So like, what do you mean? So what are you, what are you saying about the first Dayenu? Well, it's not really true. I just have to say it, but, but it's not really true, right? But you had to do that to get to the next one. And by, uh, the question is, are you still asking? That's the question. Do you understand that when it comes to the Rebona Shlonim, when it comes to the Geula of Am Yisrael, it's not about saying, I'm so thankful, just this alone is enough. Thank you so much. That in Galut was enough. In Galut it was enough to say, thank you so much that today my landlord didn't kill me and my children. And I'm just going to be thankful for that today. That is the Galut mentality. The Eretz Yisrael mentality is something much deeper where we have to understand. It's new vessels of communication between us and our beloved that the way it works with Hashem is saying, why aren't you asking me for more? Why aren't you asking me for more? Are we? Well, Are we asking? we're supposed to be aspiring to, so why would that be bad to be asking? 
You're right. You know, you are. What you're saying is true. That's exactly the point. Is that we have to interpret all these things that we're asking for as just a way to be closer to you. That's really what they're about. They're not about toys. They're not about prizes or other ma'alot uh, in my life. What they really are is saying, Hashem, uh, if this makes me feel close to you, I can't even imagine if, if you brought it down even more, how much closer we would be. But that has to be the point. That it has to be about ma'it chavrut to Hashem. But as long as I interpret it as toys, which quite often we do, then I don't ask for more because I'm saying, listen, that's not a... Be mechubad. Like, don't, don't be a... Uh, don't be a chazer. <laughs> don't be a chazer. Right? Uh, but that's because that's the way you interpret it. Thank you for, for yesterday's spark. And I've, I've increased my connection. And I'm looking forward to be on the lookout. What are you sending me today? Alavai. So Alavai. That's, that's a geula mindset. <laughs> that's a geula mindset. Definitely. That's a redemptive yeah, mindset. Like, even this morning, was thinking that, that if I want more, that sort of this feeling of, of not being the simcha. So, so if I, if I want more, so it means I'm not happy with what I am today. So, but we're supposed to be in simcha to get more in Beikut. So we get, you know, as Baal Shem Tov, we have to be in Beikut. So there's this paradox here. No, it's interesting. It's not a contradiction. Yeah. But it's not a contradiction. Yeah. Exactly. It's a contradict. It's not a contradiction. It is a contradiction when it comes to toys, hundred percent. It's not a. It's not. Not only is it not a contradiction, it justifies the first level you reached. It's a hashlama. It's a completion of, of of the life that you're living. And and I think this is part of one of the main nikudot that this sefer and this rav and his world of Torah is pushing us to show is like, when it comes to the geula, the order of the geula. In the Or of Eretz Yisrael, it is not a contradiction to say, I'm, I'm ready to see what's next. I'm going to live my life in, in gratitude, with consciousness and openness to realizing, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm living for. I can't believe how I'm living, and I can't wait to see what's next. You know, when I was sitting with the Chevra in Los Angeles, it was so hard for me to really spell this out, but, into, but the question was, what are we living for? What are we living for? What's the chazon of life? What, what, is the, what is the vision of life? What's the fuel? What am I living for? What's my existence for? I told you how I got really startled with something that I saw on the... On the I don't know if I shared it with you. Um, I don't know why this thing, Dafka, really, really startled me, but we were about to perform at this, at a very, at this like, very uh, produced event for this school... I went to as a kid, my father taught there, my sisters went there, and it was, a, it was just such a cover for my, it was a whole story, but it was really beautiful. But what they had on the, on the screen behind me was showing all different ages, uh, a class of so-and-so, and all different, like, this is class of 71, the school 75 years, so even when before that, this person is class of 61, his daughter is class of 89, and that daughter's son is class of 2013, and so up until what, what I was feeling was like, wow, that's beautiful. But then when it said class of 2036, then something happened to me. I got, I, I, inside I got, I, got, I got challenged. And I didn't understand what was, I didn't understand what was going on. Am I making sense? 
Did someone want to explain to me? Right, meaning it was. That's it. That's it. No, no, meaning like b'seder ad hayom. Fine, fine, but it was like when I was once walking through a town in America that that on Shabbos they were showing me the brand new shul that just went up, using Jerusalem stone. So I turned to my host. I said. Al Naharos Babel, Sham Yashavnu, Gambachinu, Bezochreinu, Etzion. This would be the most beautiful building 100 years ago. This would be the most gorgeous building in the world. This would be the most important thing that any Jew needs to see. So, but, but that's easy to say about examples like that in Chutzlarets. But in our lives here in Eretz Yisrael, what are the Jerusalem stone monuments we're putting up of saying, I'm complacent with this? This is enough. It's easy to take targets of chutzlaretz with these things. The avoda is not, that's not the avoda. The avoda is for the consciousness of those that have chosen to physically live here to understand what that means, the mahut of it. You could say, I made the mitzvah of Yeshua Aretz and I connect to the layer on the most basic level of understanding it as a mitzvah say of Yeshua Aretz Yisrael. That could be one. But that wasn't even possible for thousands of years, so that cannot be the only layer that I have to connect to this mitzvah. It's got to be much, much deeper. The inner layer of the mitzvah of Yeshua Eretz Yisrael is one that keeps on saying, listen to your neshama because it's asking for more. It's not complacent. It's actually more tormented here than it is in Chutzlaretz. The soul is much more tormented here than it is in Chutzlaretz. The body is different, but the soul is more tormented here. Why? Because the soul is basically saying, don't you hear my cry? My inner cry is for so much more. You think, do you think shuls and schools and all the things we've done here are supposed to look like the way they look in comparison to what they really should be uh, built by? Alpi kriyasanish, alpi, the soul's crying for it. So much more, so much deeper, so much more demanding. Is it, you want to say something? For sure, for sure, 100%. It's more about, like, what's stopping me from becoming a better me. Well, the, the thing is that people could say that to be a question you ask anywhere in the world. That's true. Yeah. Right, in America, for, for thousands of years of Galut, that wasn't a question I asked myself. What's stopping me of becoming a better me is not a question. That's not a question I could entertain, because I'm just busy surviving, right? right? Yeah. Right, right. So does that look like, okay, great, so that means it's in this place, 
with this person, is that, is that, is that it? You know what I mean? Like meaning, and that could be a great, that could be a great dream, but like, what's Or a very, uh, scary, or a very de detrimental yeah, one, yeah. And so, yeah. And, but imagine someone able, being able, and I guess that's what a Rebbe is, but I can imagine like someone being able to like, mamish, like see the other person. Or, right. Like, look at that person and be like, do you know what's in store for you? Right. Well, Eretz Yisrael is that Rebbe. In its core, Eretz Yisrael serves as that Rebbe that it looks at the one that humbles itself in front of, and with those eyes, and actually, like, you can even hear the land itself saying exactly what you said. Like, don't, do you see, like, how much more, do you see what's more, you know, what, what else is in store, how much more you could be? That's the process, though, of Bittal before the land. Like, that, that's a big thing here. That's a really big thing. Like, I was having a beautiful conversation with someone before, right before Yantiv from Los Angeles, that now, Baruch Hashem, they signed their Aliyah papers last week, and they're coming on a pilot trip in, like, two weeks. And they're looking at different communities. And they said, uh, they were saying about all these different things of, like, I don't know if that's for us, I don't know if this place is for us, I don't know if that place is for us. I was like, you know, it used to be a time where the way that you, you, you go through this process is like, is that for us, is that for us, is that for us? But with the Ruach of some of the most holiest Yidin that live in America, and they are, their Ruach is unbelievable. Like, I, I really believe in them. It's just misplaced location, Ruach, but the Ruach is like, is unbelievable. That Ruach is like, has to be Lahavdil, a tikkun for John F. Kennedy's statement of, uh, ask not, you know, you know what I mean? You're not Australian. You know what I'm talking about. Ask not what you can do for your country. What you, meaning, where, 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 where could I come here through the bit, through the what gifts Hashem gave me, mevata myself in front of the land and believe that my kohot can build something amazing here. And that's why I feel like we're experiencing this next shlav of Aliyah is going to be much less about where is, it, where is this going to be good for me because how do we know where it's going to be? How do, unless you're here. How do we really know where's going to be the best place for us? But rather, Hashem, you know, I, you gave me a ruach. You gave me something amazing that's demanding more. I'm listening. I'm not ignoring my soul. It's demanding more. I'm listening to it. Where could it be best manifested? Literally, physically, and location-wise, yeah, in the country. Everyone thinks it's all tzafuf here. Apparently, there's still places in the north and south that aren't taken. A few, and they're not $5 million for a square meter yet. They will be in a few weeks. And Amen. You know what? I mean that they should be that crazy because of demand and because of populate. So the, 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 again, the last thing we learned over here was that the great lights that are coming down, that are not coming down, it's either because we're not asking for it or because we're not ready for it. Just like a chassan can't come to uh, a five-year-old can't come to him and say, "I want to get married," when they're not, when one of them is not worried, uh, uh, not ready. Sorry. So the itaruta dila like for light to come down, it seems to always be dependent on the work that we're doing down here. We can't rely on Pesach. We can't rely on the Tzias Mitzrayim format of we're about to be swallowed, God bless you. We're about to be at the end. Then Hashem said, I have Rahmanas on you. We're going to take you out of there. The avoda of what we're doing down here on how we're being in touch with our souls, how we're learning Torah, how we're relating to the experience of being in a relationship with Hashem, with mitzvahs, is will be the produce, will be the cause of the produce of what will, what will be coming down, the eventual, 
you know, reappearance of all the things we daven for. All these things we daven for. But it, it can't be anymore that we daven for it and inside and we hear a voice that also says, but Hashem, it's okay if, you know, as long as I made it here and I'm, you know, I'm okay with it. No, 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 no. My neshama is never okay with it. But we have to understand, we're back here, if we listen to our neshama, the voice is, we're back here to see the whole thing. And the Rebbe already promised us that this is the generation of Geula. If, if <laughs> he set us up. The Rebbe set us up for this. And it's good, because it's going to cause us to demand it more and more, Bezrat Hashem. Okay, we'll continue next week. Thank you so much for coming, everyone. Okay, so, so since... Uh, I, someone's waiting for me in the office, I'm sorry. Can I walk in? You can walk me to my office, yeah, yeah. yeah.